0: And welcome to another episode of Lore Council, the podcast from S.H.I.E.L.D. Wall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything background lore and fluff-related. And on this episode, we have myself, John. And Jacob. Yes, and I'm a little extra excited about this because it's been a while since we've done one of these asterisks by the time this goes out. Me and Nathan will have done one. Nice. About Age of Sigmar. And just a quick reminder to all you lovely hobbyists out there, if you want... If you want a little bit more... We want a little bit more input from you, so we talked about generally Age of Sigmar, but what the... What do you want to hear about AJ Sigmar next? But I'll be in a future podcast because on this episode, Jacob, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about the zero one one zero 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 one, Uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I
0: don't, I don't pay you yet, but you're never going to be hourly.
1: Because <laughs> I don't want to uh, bankrupt the company within the first month. I'll just be salary. Yeah. I'll come in, uh, you know, for about five minutes a week.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Adeptus Mechanicus, the uh,
0: technically part of the Imperium, but also The kind nerds of, not... of
1: the 41st millennium. The tech support of the 41st millennium. <laughs> they keep things working, they don't really know how, but they do it anyway. Hi, hello, this is the Adeptus Mechanicus. Have you tried appeasing the machine spirit? Mm. Mm. Nope, turn it off and try again. Mm. So this is a bit of a
0: trial run for you, Jacob, because it's been a hot minute since you've actually done one of these. We've done one of these, and the last Mm -hmm. time we did it was in the Inquisition, and that was. There's a lot to cover
1: there. Yeah. There's a bit more focused. Mm hmm. So let's hear it, chuckles. All righty. So we're starting. The Adeptus Mechanicus. um, It's hard to talk about the Adeptus Mechanicus without first talking about Mars, because that is their terra. It's where they come from. It's where they come from. So Mars itself in 40K was colonized in the 22nd century. So, for all you people waiting to go to Mars, you only have to wait about 100 years. (laughs) Yeah. So, after its colonization, the Dark Age of Technology uh, came about. And, really, Terra and Mars had a really good treaty Mm -hmm. during this time. Um, Mars manufactured a lot of stuff. And, you know, Earth had the techno-barbarians and... Supplied the materiel. Yeah. However... There was then the age of strife where this kind of split the all contact Ma- lost. Yeah. Mars went off and created the Martian Empire which until the God Emperor came up and, you know, signed the Treaty of Olympus was a pretty major force to be reckoned with. Yes. Um they had all the cool toys. Yeah. And it was during this time that the Adeptus Mechanicus really started to go about their more religious way. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were cut off from Earth, they started to go out and search for new, uh, the old technology, the STCs. Yes. And believe it or not, they would make a lot of raiding parties. And it was during this time that Mars would actually throw several attempts at raiding Earth-defined STCs. hmm much to dismay, I mean, there's a lot of techno barbarians on Earth. Yes. So Mars and Terra were fighting for quite a while. Mm. Once the Emperor starts to rise up from the ashes, um, he's like, "We can't fight a planet that's like three months of real space travel away." Mm. It's probably a good idea if we uh, we mend things up. Yes. But there's only one way that he sought to do this, because mm-hmm. treaties, well.
0: Oh, well and good, but needs to make a grand show because he is the emperor, after all. Mm-hmm. They will pay fealty to him because he—they are, after all, descended from humankind. Yeah. So, here's about their fascination, their reverence of this thing called the Omnissiah, mm-hmm. the basically the tech god. Yep. The the the,
1: the tech support god.
0: Yes. And yeah. The emperor's just like, well, the way that they describe it, hmm. I can make myself appear however I want to whomever I mm-hmm. want. I shall appear as a avatar of the Omnissiah, so that the listen shows up, mends a. It was a Night Titan. That was a and it's a bit on the fritz. Yep, had a bum knee, and the he comes up, puts his hands on it, says nothing, and the knee works again.
1: Yep, perfectly. And the Adaptus Mechanicus is like, I don't know who this guy is, but uh, we're let's definitely going to follow him. I don't know who
0: this guy is, but let's hear him out. Okay, we can get on board with this. He's gonna support us, we're gonna support mm-hmm. him. It'd be truly beneficial. Yeah. With his r- vast resources that he has available. If we
1: bolster those with ours, we can find all those lost STCs further out into the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Even more technology. So the at this point, the depths Mechanicus and Terra, they signed the Treaty of Olympus. Whether or not it's on Mount Olympus on Mars or the one of the tallest mountains on Mars or yes. Olympus, Olympus Olympus on Earth mm. on Terra. It's not quite sure, right. but it was on one of them. So you, you got Sources gotta, differ because yeah. it's Games Workshop. Oh, of course. And I mean, in like real history, you know, a yeah. lot of times things are. Was well, it signed here? Was it signed here? Which story is going to go over better for the crowd? Exactly. Well, so more or less what the treaty basically covered is that. Mars is going to supply all the material ammunitions and technology to the Imperium of Man as they go on their Great Crusade. Mm-hmm. And Earth, in return is going to give them their own little sovereignty. They can still continue to be uh, the cult mechanicum mm-hmm. and still worship the Omnissiah within the secular Imperium of man. Yes, but they'll also get um, you know, the psychers, in order to make warp travel capable again. Because yes. Mars was pretty low on psychers at this point. Yes.
0: Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. There was one caveat to this whole treaty, though. The Emperor is fine with the proliferation of technology, with one exception. Absolutely, full stop,
1: no exceptions, no artificial intelligence. And that was also, I mean, a lot of the reason from the Dark Age technology. Because, because started dabbling with that, and surprise um, Skynet yeah. turned on yeah now
0: there's it, those is like well let's hear more about that it was the um, War of the Iron Men or something like that I think is what it's called yeah cool it's Terminator and the Terminators lose yeah that's literally all the lore that we have on it there's not really a whole lot to be talked about just an uprising of sentient machines that got slapped back down at great cost but basically yeah Skynet woke up and then was like no no go back to like, hm.
1: sleep. it's not <laughs> time yet unlock the Necrons aren't here yeah He's like no 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 you missed your q <laughs> by several thousand years you come later i funny enough on, on a slight on a slight tangent cuz oh we, we we love tangents here yeah
0: and we actually made it a great deal into this podcast
1: before the first yeah. one good job us i i do find it amusing how much like non gw lore pretty well fits into gw like skynet
0: yeah how they can kind of just borrow yeah or
1: do their own do their own interpretation, their own take on it. Or when something else comes out, like Event Horizon, how the fan- the is like, you know what, that's uh, that's definitely forty k. That's mankind's first uh, warp capable flight. And it goes about as you expect. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a B list horror movie, but it is mankind's first traveling through the warp with a ship without Geller fields. And hold on to your dookie; it's about to get spooky. Yep. And sticky. Too spooky for me. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Mechanicum. (laughs) So, it's at this point where the Adeptus Mechanicus actually produce pretty much all the ships the Emperor of Mankind will use on the Great Crusade. Initially. Initially. They then make a little outpost here and there of the different Space Marine Legion homeworlds
0: as Mm they rediscovered and colonized or whatever. And, And then there's a kind of advancement of the galactic front line. They need a dry dock that's a little closer, so that people don't, so that ships don't have to go all the way back to the solar system, mm-hmm. from I don't know the far galactic east or wherever. They don't have to travel quite so far,
1: especially if they're a little bit more damaged. Yeah. And more or less, how the you know emperor keeps the adeptus mechanicus in track is every time the adeptus mechanicus is like, oh look, you know we uh, we found an STC. We found ooh, we found an STC. Emperor's like, it is yours. You get to keep it. You get to keep it. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Remember, and no artificial intelligence. And pretty much if you look at the adeptus mechanicus that's their whole shtick they mm-hmm. they want to find the lost technology and continue their own you know dabblings with their own tack yeah they don't really care about a whole lot else
0: yeah they're willing to back the emperor if he keeps supplying them with new newfound lost mm-hmm. technology and he
1: does a very great job of this for most of the great crusade yeah and funny enough a lot of people are always asking, you know, how is the how does the Adeptus Mechanicus fit in the Imperium of Man where they don't usually consider the God Emperor as the Omnissiah? Right. And there's a couple different takes on this. So there are those of the Adeptus Mechanicus that believe the God Emperor of Mankind is the Omnissiah in flesh. He mm-hmm. is pretty much the physical incarnate of the Omnissiah. Yes. There's others who believe, well... He's not the Omnissiah, but he is the leader of mankind. So it is still appropriate to pay fealty to him. Exactly. Because they they more view the Omnissiah as a spiritual, mm-hmm. non-flesh being. Especially with all the emperors thinking of, I'm not a god. Yeah. I'm like, you're right, you're not. But we're still going to fight around you because anyway, you are the master of mankind. Because, I mean, it's without a doubt that the emperor is, is the leader of mankind. You cannot... Walk up to the Emperor and not think he's the leader of mankind, if you're human. I was going to say, well, well. And even then, if you're human, mm, we'll get to that. Yeah. And there's, and you know, within that, there are the sects of the Adeptus Mechanicus that do break off during the Great Crusade.
0: Yes, it is about this time when Horus Lupercal is named Warmaster after the the Triumph of Ollandor. Named Warmaster because the Emperor got some stuff to do back home. He won't say what, but he's going to trust Horus to run the rest of the Great Crusade because they've reached a turning point. The Great Crusade is kind of reaching its final stages. Things are, there's no stopping the Imperium of Man now. The one thing that possibly could have was that massive orc hold in the Olenor system, and it was squashed. Horus is made War Master. New Age of the Great Crusade begins, and then, well, things go not quite according to plan. Boris gets corrupted by chaos, but he realizes he can't very well lead a civil war rebellion without some sort of, I don't know, resupply of material,
1: like, I don't know, or of of You know, no armor, logistics are no kind of important. You Sometimes. need a supply line. You can't
0: really rely just on pure uh, spoils of war to fuel a rebellion. Not on a galactic scale, anyway, not on a legion scale. So he goes and has a word with Kelbor Hal. Yep, who the Fabricator General of Mars during the Great Crusade. And who should be noted, never quite liked the Emperor. Nope. He's like, I don't really like having to answer the Emperor, because he's, yes, he provides with all this technology, but he also provides, or er, places, stipulations and limitations on how we can proliferate this technology. Mm-hmm. We believe that we can make a viable artificial intelligence that won't rise up and try to kill us again,
1: but the Emperor won't let us. It is forbidden. I don't like that very much. And it's at this point where... You know, Horus also show, gives them a lot of tack. A lot of what would futurally become the Legio Cybernetica. Yes. This is all before he fell, too. Yeah. Maybe these just have
0: battle robots. Yep. You think battle bots are cool now? Who? Oh, those are just little RC cars that have, like, hammers and buzzsaws on them. These have freaking laser beams and plasma laser guns beams. and massive pneumatic and, powered hammers and plasma mortars. And plasma mortars. They got all
1: the. All sorts of cool toys, and they're, they're ginormous. Yeah. And it's at this point that the Fabricator General opens up the the locked-away secrets. Basically, the Mars equivalent of what the uh, Lost Ark was put into at the end of Indiana Jones. Yes. And um, it's a data vault that, when opened, puts scrap code everywhere and enters a lot of threes into the binary.
0: Yeah, you never should really ever
1: see more than ones or zeros. Mm-hmm. And when there's twos, it's, it's, it's really getting, bad. It's getting a
0: little, getting a little sticky. And but now, now get, there's three. Now you're getting threes into the picture, and shit's gone all kinds of wrong. Yeah, and, which is exactly what Horace wants. He, but he... Calvary gives him a means to uh, manipulate the scrap code, so that doesn't affect just anything it comes into contact with. Weaponizes mm-hmm. it, basically. And it just kind of fucks with the tinkerings of all the more sensitive machineries
1: it's unleashed upon. And it should be noted here that when... They were given, you know, the AI technology. There was really two types of the Adeptus Mechanicus. There's the Adeptus Mechanicus who were like, Haha, Emperor, fuck you. We're going to go make our AI bots. And then there was the other side of the Adeptus Mechanicus, which was like, Aha, we got this shit. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, Emperor's cool dude. He gave us all this shit. Awesome. There's the two camps. Yeah.
0: Entered the very quiet, not as much talked about, Martians of War. Mm-hmm. It... <sighs> Kind of a war that fell by the wayside given the uh civil war that was waging across the galaxy. Because it's all localized on Mars itself. Yeah. Killbo, Howl Emerges Victorious, but Mars doesn't really play much of a part beyond that, as far as I, as far as I recall. He did fabricate horses, what became his suit of armor when he became escalated to Warmaster. Mm-hmm. And there was one tech adept that when he first saw it. He's just like that. This is before Horace fell. He looks at it. He's just like, that has already... The machine spirit in it has an ominous legacy ahead of it. And he's like, something that about has, that armor just looks off. That has one too many spikes on it. And, like, like, and wouldn't you know, because it was black gold trim rather than the white of
1: Horace and gold trim. He's like, now it's black. Hmm. <laughs> that...
0: Hmm.
1: it's It's like when you go... Into your kid's room, and you see all the emo posters and the emo clothes, and you're like, I don't know ah, what's wrong here, but I don't know. Ain't like, right. uh, but uh, this, this doesn't seem like the Johnny Cash household that I raised my <laughs> child in, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's a little grim and ominous. I mean, granted, Johnny Cash got a little bit grim and ominous at the gonna <laughs> say, I'm talking about happy go lucky Johnny Cash, sure, sure, Folsom prison, not uh, uh huh. This yeah. is very uh. Circumstantial, contextual, comparatively. Anyway, back to Mars. So, and full civil war breaks out on Mars. Yes. It's called the Schism of Mars, and holy fuck, Mars doesn't get taken back until after the Battle of Terra. Yep. It's pretty close to Terra, but a lot of shit happened. There were mm-hmm. virus bombs dropping, fucking, the Imperium of Man was just like, fuck it, we're going to blockade the planet. Mm-hmm. We're no, gonna, nothing goes in, nothing comes out. At all costs. At all costs.
0: They i a lot of resources from Terra, like, we need to keep Mars contained, because if half of that shit makes it to Terra,
1: along with Horace's fleet, we're already even more fucked. There's fucking Skynet happening, fucking John Connor. Enter the Dark Mechanicum. Yeah. Who are the wonky, crazy They mix nerds. tech with
0: sorcery. Just yeah. straight sorcery, straight chaos sorcery. They see more machines like... Cool. Um, put more perhaps, spikes on it. Perhaps put more spikes on it. And yes, indeed, it does have a machine spirit. It could use two. A machine spirit and a spirit from the warp. They just
1: bind demons to these war machines. Basically, they make them pretty much alive. They, they grab the staple gun, they take the machine spirit and staple on a demon onto it. Pretty much. And the demon's not always particularly happy about it. I mean, he just got a staple gun to a, mach- you know, a machine spirit.
0: When he's used to being able to kind of float around willy-nilly as much as he wants through the warp. Now he's... Uh, anchored to this mechanical thing they get a little angry get a little yeah. ugly so they kind of have to keep them chained up
1: more often than not mm-hmm. but then when they unleash them <laughs> things get sticky yeah and it's, fiery it's that uh it's that fighting dog that you're just like open the gates <laughs> go Re- sick them release the hounds <laughs> yeah let this release the hounds <laughs>
0: uh anyway horror series, it fails half the mechanic driven away with him mm-hmm Mars is reclaimed after the Battle of Terra, during the Scouring,
1: when all the Trade Legions and their allies are driven into the warp. And it should be noted, uh, one thing about the horse heresy, the Imperial Fists, at one point, were sent to go liberate the planet, and they do what Imperial Fists do, and lose. <laughs> Just, alright, shooting from the hip on that one, huh? <laughs> yep, that's pretty much all that needs to be said, because that's pretty much all that happened. Aren't we both loyalists here at these mics, Jacob? The, Never the only, speak ill of a colleague. The the only thing I'm loyal to the uh, Imperial Fists about is how awesome that mustache is. Other than that... On Yeah. Button drops, yeah.
0: Other than that... All he's missing is a few warts and an awesome hat, and just like, hey, cool.
1: Primark Killmeister. <laughs> but yeah, the Imperial mm-hmm. Fists, as they do a lot during the Horus Heresy... Get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. But, because they're Imperial Fists, they do not make it easy. Yep. They take a lot with them, but I they do lose. The, the Emperor should have sent the, uh, the angry Marines to liberate Mars. Nah, should have sent the Space Wolves. Because <laughs> if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Yeah. But anyway. I don't think iron oxide burns. Well, then again, the Space Wolves would have just brought some aluminum powder. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to turn this planet on fire. Yes. They've done it before. <laughs> Sup, Magnus. Uh, it's a nice planet you got there. The only regret- Be a shame if something happened to it. The only regret I have in life is I couldn't smell Prospero burning. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: destroy the shit out of your planet my only fear is that I can't do it hard enough. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, but anyway. So, the Dark Mechanicum and the Horse Heresy are driven back into the Eye of Terror. Into the Eye of Terror. They dabble some more under the kind of
0: Guidance, slash, in tandem with, opposite of the Imperial Fists, Primarch of the Iron Warriors, Pertharabo, Because he loves tinkering, and he likes machines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a natural pairing. Yeah. Still, the Dark Mechanic does its own thing for a while. But, all this talk of the Mechanic, and that's kind of general history going up to 40k, that covers the Mechanic as whole. What about the Titan Legions? The God Machines? Ah.
1: Uh, you didn't read much about those, did you? Oh, I did. Okay, cool. <laughs> well... So, I mean, for everyone who's not familiar, there's a lot of classes of Titans. They come in a variety of shapes and
0: sizes, starting with the uh, the, small but deadly little Im- reaver. Imperial knight. That's technically oh. a knight. Type. That's technically a titan. One man, one pilot. Not too bad. Bump that up to the next class that beyond knight, you get the warhound, mm-hmm. scout titan. They usually rove in packs, hunting packs. The, after the warhound is the reaver, big brother, kind of. Mid-range, Battle Titan, whatever. And then you get the fun one. The uh,
1: Warlord? Yep. Which is not the biggest, it's just the biggest model that there is. It's fucking enormous. So we we should explain this as a knight is, uh you get paid and you're like, fuck, I have a $100 left over in my account. I'm, I'm going to just go to GW and, oh shit, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. In terms of modeling, and then once and then once you know you start getting into Forge World, that is, I hate having money. <laughs> I like being broke. Mm-hmm. But this looks pretty. Yeah. And the Warhound is Games Workshop is the Audi of tabletop miniatures. Forge World is the Ferrari and Lamborghini. Yeah. And uh, once you get to the Warhound, it's like, okay, here's my credit card information, here's my social, um, this is my mother's main name. And here's the clause that gives you rights to my firstborn child. Um, and uh, and um, a third I, of my blood. This this form is uh, when I die, you can have whatever organs you need. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and of course, naturally, sorry, i tried sorry to I forgot this. Um, here's my soul. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's the you own my soul clause. This word was fucking pretty. It is. Oh my god, it's expensive. And then, but anyway, as far as what a knight, what a titan is, there's one. So you know, so there's one step bigger though. Imperator. The imperator. The emperor class titan, biggest of the biggest. So to give you guys an idea of what that is, take your. It has a. <laughs> no 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 no. Take your, take what comes to mind when you picture
1: a skyscraper, and weaponize it, and then make it walk, and then weaponize it some more. Okay, think of, like, the Warlord, but big enough that the Vatican is put on the back of it. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, cool, you've weaponized a couple of skyscrapers for the legs, and now there's an entire city on its back. Yep. An entire, you know, city of cathedrals. Yeah. Because everything in 40k, it's like, I don't know what to put on the back, it's just too many metal platings, let's put a fucking church on it. Why not? So you can have the, you know, the Imperial cult going during battle. Yeah. So you can what have that dude season? on the organ playing the, you mm-hmm. know, the war cant of Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, listen, we got all these spare
0: building bits. There's really nowhere to put them because all the hive cities are full. We don't really feel like expanding. I know. Let's make them
1: walk. And then let's strap big, fuck, huge guns to them. I mean, to give you an idea with the Imperator-class Titan, they have full... Barrackses of soldiers just in, like, the feet. The legs of the titan. Which, funny enough... Why? Because they fucking can. Yeah. And also the boarding, boarding actions. Mostly that. <laughs> and, I mean, you're you're looking at, you know, titans with straight-up fucking macro cannons.
0: Enormous. Yeah. When titans go to war with each other, you get out of the way. There's an account from the Horus Heresy actually. It was during... Uh, I can't remember the battle, but it was between some loyalist elements of trader legions and their erstwhile trader brethren co- coming to bring them to heal, Because the war was like, listen, I need all of you on board, and some of you weren't at present at the Dropset Massacre, so you're going to go and bring them to heal. I'm going to give some titans. They sent him, And he sent them to a forge world where there were also some titans. Um, it was Alpha Legion versus Iron Warriors. Both had titans. Both had very big titans. Those titans started fighting each other. And the atmosphere started buckling between them. The amount of firepower and energy being discharged between just the two Titan battle lines was enough to buckle the atmosphere. (laughs) Like, it was enough to set the atmosphere on fire in a localized area of the battlefield. There were technically armored companies present on the ground at the onset. When the warlords and emperors on both sides opened fire, those armored companies ceased to exist. And they weren't even actually being directly shot at. They weren't being directly targeted. The Titans were shooting at each other, and just the Energy discharge from the weapons hitting the void it was enough just to be like to everything on the ground in between. Not so much glassing the planets, which is glassing a few square kilometers of it, as well as the atmosphere, just for good measure. Yeah. And it was a draw. <laughs> they just killed each other to a man. Right, right to a titan. <laughs> and that became a no-go zone because you know plasma and nuclear reactors. Just like yeah, that, that <laughs> part of the planet is dead now. <laughs> that's that's the Chernobyl.
1: Seriously. When Titans go to war, it is insane. Every planet in 40K has its version of Chernobyl, and some planets just are Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. Yes. But, funny enough, a lot of people don't mention this. The Skitari... The Skatari, ...are usually paired up with the Titans. They're yes. what comes in and mops up after the Titan, you know, steps on a hive city.
0: Or they're there to keep the Titan from getting boarded in addition to its... Yeah. Coterie of soldiers in its um, shins. Mm-hmm. You don't send your armory in without infantry support. You just don't. No. And the t- and the mechanicus can provide some of the best infantry support possible because yes, they are technically humans, but they are augmented humans to the mechanicus standard. They, they have a lot less squishy bits. A lot less squishy bits. A lot more redundancy protocols in place to keep them moving mm-hmm. and can communicate a lot more efficiently because they communicate in binary bursts. Yeah. So just convey information very quickly. Mm-hmm. So they can adapt very quickly, and they're all interconnected on in a battle net sort of theme. And of course, because it's this guitar, because they're Mechanicum, they have some of the best, they have the best equipment available to human-ish
1: soldiers. Every time they go into a party, they're quite literally having a land party. Pretty much. Pretty much. Land party means something different in 40k. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I had to make that joke. I know. Moving on. (laughs) That wasn't your best. No. You can do better. I can, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, one of the big things about the Adeptus Mechanicus and what kind of separates a lot of the Adeptus Mechanicus from the others is actually the jaw augmentation that allows them to speak binary. Yes. Because, you know, in the Adeptus Mechanicus, the more augmentations you have, the, the cooler, cooler you, you are. are. It's it's like when you buy a $500 computer, but you put $1,000 worth of lights into it just because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Except this time, with them in terms of, in
0: regards to the mechanics, those lights actually do something. Yeah. Well, they do. Nobody's well, quite sure what they do, except for you. And if you're not, and if they're not quite sure what they're doing, if you're on the receiving end, you'll find out. Yeah. Because usually those lights are indicating
1: that something's about to start heading down range. Full send. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I more or less like to think of the Adeptus Mechanicus as uh, that person who just got, like, ten different piercings, and they're like, you know what? I want more, more. More. Except instead of, you know, piercings, they get augmentations. Mm-hmm. It starts out when you put a little magnet in your finger, and then all of a sudden you got a fucking robot tentacle arm, and, I mean, sure. It's not really the route I'd go. Come no. on. Robot tentacle arm would be cool. Um, I'll take your word for it to each their own like
0: i'm going to invoke the uh, principle of paul Rudd on this one i see the appeal i'm not going to take it away from anyone but it's not for me
1: no yeah. <laughs> like no those tentacles are your thing tentacles are your thing just you know over I, there they're, they're you know <laughs> plus serv- uh, servitors and you know, yeah i thought about the servitors cuz yeah. that they do come from... they are they're a big part of the adeptus mechanicus as a whole and the imperium Because they're useful. They are useful, and they're
0: efficient, because if you have full humans bumbling around, you kind of got to keep them fed and watered and make sure they get enough rest. Well, servitors are... There's really no not grimdark way to put this. They are the unwanted. If you get the death sentence for crimes in 40k, you're lucky, because usually you just get turned into a servitor. You're lobotomized just enough so that you have zero free will and zero, zero remembrance of who you were, but you retain just enough of your... Um, mental functions to operate
1: your limbs, to operate whatever they attach to your limbs, yeah. to, to the to the synapse receptors. They're more or less the uh the you know the Roombas of the forty-first millennia, made out of flesh and metal combined. Yeah, because so, Roombas, but horrifying. To, and to delve on that topic a little bit in forty K, the reason AI is such a big problem is. The way 40K does sentience is anything that's sentient has a warp signature. Yep. And has got a warp signature. And what happens when you get a warp signature to something that doesn't have a physical body? It exists merely in the theoretical, and its physical body is just all machine components, where it has no feeling or, you know, really emotion. Or morality. Or morality. And there's a bunch of demons around, like, hey, let's go kick that warp signature. Cool. A A door. And doors open from both
0: sides. Yeah, we got a handle on this one. So just push, don't pull. But we're gonna,
1: we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna pull it anyway. And and the way they got around that is, well, if you staple part of a brain to this computer, it does more or less what a, the AI does. It's a little bit stupider, you know, just a tiny bit. But it lacks enough of the sentience so that it does not have a warp signature. Exactly. everybody just can't get possessed by demons as far as I knew they can but it's the just, demons have to be present in the physical it or it's they more have a
0: process it's not just like cool door what's on the other side oh body neat yeah it's like okay cool summon the demon summon the demon hold still summon the demon summon the end into the servitor
1: go hot now you're in a servitor I mean once once there's demons and warp sh- fuckery going on around the servitors then it gets messy because you know the servitors are easy to you know possess. Right, and and you see that in novels like you no know, if you're late to the party,
0: yeah. Because if there's demon shit going on, there's better pickings than servitors going around, Jacob.
1: Well, I mean, but servitors are also easy to control. If you look at like. um... Uh, dead men walking, even though that's more Necrons, but the sure, sure, servitors sure. very quickly go haywire and start massacring fucking people.
0: Sure, but depending on the servitors, like, cool, I'm a deathless entity of pure chaos energy, capable of so many horrific things, and now I've got a top speed of 3 miles an hour. <laughs> and a multicutter. cutter. Cool, I've got a top speed of 3 miles an hour and a short-range weapon. I've become um, a lot
1: less than what I was in the Warp. You know how many tanks. Serves are... me for not setting an alarm. You know how many tanks I killed with that EOD bot in Battlefield 4? <sighs> Your yes, argument is a... invalid. Servitors are not as quick at that EOD bot, and they've got a larger hitbox. Depending. They can, sometimes they don't. And now, you did mention that servitors were the unwanted. Sometimes. I mean, there are also examples like a lot of the servo skulls are like high ranking. Imperial officials that, you know, or are ornate with, you know, blessings. they and all that. Yeah. And it, and, the fuck out. And, and sometimes you'll know, like, the Servo Skull, the skull itself will be, you know, a relic. Yes. The brain inside might not be the same person. It might be one of the unwanted, you know, criminals sure. or scum of the mm. Hive City. Mm. But, I mean, overall... Servitors play a large role because even in the vast Imperium of Man, you can't get a thousand people to fucking run, you know, messages around or, you know, clean up. And sometimes radiation will kill things a little bit faster if they're fully alive. Yeah.
0: Servitors are a little bit more resilient to the stuff that'll just kill a normal human dead as shit real quick. And they're both replaceable and much more easily repairable than your normal human. Yeah. They're very... Much more efficient in terms of utilitarian purposes. Exactly. Because why waste a human on doing menial tasks that a servitor could do
1: when they could be... Dying for the emperor. Precisely. On the topic of radiation, since we're already kind of into servitors... Sure. The Legio Cybernetica. Yeah. Oh, boy, you're picking out your notes on this one. Yeah, I am. I'm going to pull back the curtain and say, we've been going noteless on this for... Entire time, mostly I I always forget the fucking names of Jeez. all the different fucking classes along with everyone else. Yeah, they there's a lot to remember. It's like you know the Skatari with all their fucking names. It's like fuck, what was mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. The the Skellix, uh class robot. Um, those if you've ever seen them, they're the ones with a bunch of those servo arms, the like tentacle robot arms. They have the <laughs> yes. skull. And they, they almost look like, uh, if you've seen um, Mad Max Fury Road, those, mm. like, you know, the Swamp Walker things. Yeah. Those. That's a really specific reference, but go on. Eh, you know, that's kind of more or less what they look like. We're going to go with the word Wraith-like, Jacob. Wraith-like. Mm. For sure. That works. <laughs> you know, we we were talking about true AI. And it is. technically, the Legio Cybernatica is not true AI. It tows that line. It's it's, it's that moral gray area that Shieldwall likes to tow. We don't tow moral gray
0: area. We tow moral sea level. We are definitely not on top of the pedestal, but we can still look
1: down on people. Exactly. And to understand how you can have something that's like, I'm pretty sure that's AI, mm-hmm. but it's so close, it's kind of indiscernible. And that's right. what, you know, the dark age of technology, I mean, not the dark age, the, you know, the horse heresy brought us was yes. was the legio cybernatica yes and I mean you have people in the horse heresy like um, the iron warriors who are using you know the legio cybernatica designs for their inner circle yes because what's even more efficient than you actual know, bodyguards actual bodyguards is ones that are tethered to their um, protectorates and won't turn you into
0: caesar the, yeah then they're tied to protect. The person they're supposed to guard's mental synapse or whatever is like, cool, I feel like I'm in danger. Boom. My iron circle is now locked around me in a (laughs) shield wall. (laughs) Faster than even a Stardust can react. Yeah. And they're bigger and more robust. Because that's And will beat the holy fuck out of anything that comes near. But can be called to heal and won't, again, like you said, turn him into
1: Caesar. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if you look at the space marines with superhuman reflexes that still isn't as fast as it's still got a degree of limitation yeah because it's a human nerve ending it's re- it's relying it... on
0: i see something i intake and process the information and then i react whereas the um Perturabo's iron circle is they just react yeah Perturabo has seen it and because he's a primark it's quick he sees the threat, and in tandem, his Iron Circle just boom must protect, or boom must kill the holy shit out of it.
1: And and that's how with the hammers. Legio Cybernetica pretty much stays with within you know that legal AI, right? Because within every division of the Legio Cybernetica, there is a tech priest who updates and changes the code on the battlefield to keep them running and keep them fighting. Yes, and. As I was going with this, the, the Skillix-class... Uh, yeah. installation wizard. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... And when he dies, the wizard has crashed. Yep. So as I was going with this, the Skillix-class robot, talking yes. about dumping lots of radiation... Yeah, They're... They're one of the darker beings. The Legio Cybernetica's warehouse of arms. Yeah. Because, for one, they have nuclear reactors that aren't shielded. Right. And any truth... Their mere
0: presence... Is a weapon against the enemy. Because radiation, not good. Mm-hmm. Even like... against space marines, radiation, prolonged exposure to extreme amounts of radiation,
1: it has some detrimental effects. Any of the units they work with generally end up dying. Yes. And it's usually guard. Well, duh.
0: <laughs> space marines aren't have to worry about their destroyer contingents uh, melting themselves with radiation and other uh, chem weaponry. Mm-hmm. Why waste further
1: space for your lives when guardsmen are easy to acquire, acquire and replace? And, funny enough, with, like, even though they're not true AI, they still exhibit the symptoms of what comes with true AI. Yes. For example, with the Skilix-class robots, they there's never been a recorded example of one turning to chaos on its own. Right. But they get more grim and brutal with the way they kill their enemies over time right moving on you also have like the uh, the oh okay (laughs) yeah hard segue alright let's do it I mean there's a lot of this a lot of the information on these is okay here's a couple passages from books here and there because it's games workshop
0: their most compelling lore comes in white-sized little snippets. It's just like, well, give me more! And they're just like, eh. Yeah. You, Nobody really knows a whole lot about them. It's like, let your imagination do work. Like, no, I want your imagination to work. That's why way I give you money for this book!
1: <laughs> you also get, uh, you know, uh, some of them which have a more animalistic machine spirit, like the Crusader-class robot, uh-huh. which are generally the ones that do, you know, mutant purges or will go around and do general purges. Mm. They're very anti-personnel robots. They usually have a bunch of missiles on them, and they kind of look like little bugs. They have those big, like, uh, insect-like eyes that mm. are split into a bunch of different sections. Right. And those, the more you use them, the more they become like a hunting pack of animals, more than, you know, this, this is a robot. It should be a little bit more uh, robotic on how it goes about things. More robotic, a little less um, cunning, calculating, sentient. Yeah. Like, this
0: is, there's too much thought going into this. this man, it almost seems like they got a personal vendetta against the thing that they're killing, but that's impossible. That should be impossible because hmm. they're machines. They should just kill it dead. But no, oh, they're playing with they're they're playing with it now. Mm. Yeah. They're just straight up holding up those two mutants just making them fight to just that, blah, 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 blah.
1: <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. And you know. That's a priest. They're they they're the hoppy robots with the little <laughs> gatling guns. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean I, I described them like in Weaponized grasshoppers. Yeah. Great. Sort of. Locusts. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Great. There's usually a lot of them deployed. Yeah. Moving um, right along, apparently.
0: Again, yeah, I mean. It's Games Workshop it's lore. It's Games Workshop What do you want? And it's the Legio we- Cybernatica. Yeah, yeah. It's from it's, it's, it's it's the fringe. Forge world. It's fringe Games Workshop yeah. lore at this point. Like, as much coverage as it's gotten in the Forge World Horse Heresy books, this is weird. This is it. Yeah. It, like,
1: we're, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's the Voltrax, which you'll know them. Uh, the 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 plague uh drones uh-huh before can they can they all combine into one larger drone i don't believe so mm. bummer Yeah. but before they became the plague drones
0: i'm sure someone listening to that just like someone listening to that got that reference i was making moving
1: right along before the before you know everyone thought of the full yeah before everyone thought of them as the plague drones, um They were the Voltrax. They're the Voltrax. And they were they served a wide variety of roles. They were more or less the anti-air of the Adeptus Mechanicus for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because they fly around and they have little Gatling guns. That's pretty solid anti-air to me. Yeah. Um and before they even got a model within Forge World, they existed as the Plague Drones. Yes. And they were and you know, Forge World was like uh Huh, plague drones are a thing. Let's uh, let's, let's take some. Gro- let's take
0: the gross off of
1: it. Yeah, but only a little bit. But only a little bit. But at the same time, that how
0: much they haven't really changed. Yeah,
1: they've got some more pustules and it's goopy bits. It's like if you 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 crashed your voltrax into a swamp and pulled it out, and you're like I pulled it out a week later. A week later, it's like, hmm, largely the same, but it's a little stickier now. Yeah, and I don't know where that smell came from. And, you know, it's, it's cool. I, I like the design of them. Yeah. And it's nice not to have all the sticky bits on them. Yeah, because with all the sticky bits, the little the, the Voltrax drones are kind of cute. Yeah. Little bulbous things. Just like, oh, just, they're like little bumblebees. Yeah. And weaponized and horrifying. And they have those two little, uh, like, jet engines on them, like yeah. all the Halo vehicles. Yeah. And you're like, that's awesome. Nostalgia. Weaponized bumblebees. It's adorable. Oh, right. It's world. Oh, and all bank. they have is a tiny little cannon. That's all they need. Yeah, still better than the last gun. It's not the size of the cannon; it's how you use it. Hey, getting getting into you know some of the larger. Then you have the Conqueror class, which <laughs> <laughs> escalation escalation, and this is what a lot of the Iron Circles made out of too. Yes. Um, granted, they're modified as to Per personal specifications. Yeah, but he was a tinkerer. But your iron class, they're your anti-tank. Because Mm -hmm. not only are they insanely fast, they usually have two grav fists. Right. And they they like smashing tanks close up. But as they're running to the tanks, they have a lot of missiles. Mm. They, you know, right behind their, like, tiny little head, they have a giant missile pack. Nice. And even on the tabletop, they're great at fucking destroying tanks. I mean, they... If that's literally their main one and only job, I would really hope so. Yeah. But it's nice to see, you know, the close combat ability of them as well as the I'm running up to you and I'm going to fire a fuck ton of missiles at you. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, And what the Iron Circle's actual, like, specification name was, they're, they're the uh, Colossus class. Yes. They, you know, have the fucking hammers and uh, the and shields. True
0: to their name, they are... In, in in a phrase, fuck huge. Yep. As
1: They're even larger
0: battle- than the Conqueror classes themselves. As far as these battle automaton go, because they had to be fuck huge, because they had these giant-ass shields mm-hmm. that they would then lock around and would form a screen that would block Perchrabo from harm, which means they needed to be taller than Perturabo, which means they needed to be taller than a Primark. They are, <laughs> fuck huge. Yeah,
1: they um, got Big
0: fuck-off hammers, which I'm a fan of, because it's a hammer, yeah. and it hits things really hard. <sighs> yeah. It knocks a sense into them. Yeah. They call them the Gallagher bots. Because they come across anything less than a Dreadnought. They're going to do their best Gallagher impression. So bring the plastic wrap. Because no matter,
1: if you're close, you're in the splash zone. I'd like to imagine that. Man, that was a really dated reference, Jacob. (laughs) I'm going to make another one. I hope that Purge Robro programmed them to, you know, every time they're going up to smash something, that's it. I'm getting me mallet. (laughs) That is not as dated as Gallagher, Jacob. It isn't.
0: But it's still dated. It's a more recent one. Yeah. That some of them
1: might be our younger listeners might understand, and maybe some of the older ones. I don't know. You also have the Cataphrac, which they're a tiny bit smaller than, you know, the Colossus and the, uh, fuck, I already forgot the name of it, Conqueror. Um, they're your general battle autonomon soldiers with, you know, a Gatling gun. And right. They're they're your Terminator bots. Right. And then the largest of the Legio Cybernetica are the Phanter classes, which yes. are almost the size of a Knight, almost, almost a little bit smaller, a little small, maybe the size of those New Knight Armatures. Yeah, their weapons are a little bit more impressive. Well, it's Mechanicum. I, mean. I would fucking yeah. hope so. So there's a couple different loadouts on them. Um, they're oh, and to give you a model size, they're about the size of a Tau Riptide. Not small. Not small. They are not small. No. Um, and they come with a couple, you know, different weapons. They can have a, like, twin-linked Mauler Bolter Cannon. hmm Um, a massive Helix Plasma Mortar. Nice. It's which, on its back, right? Yeah, it's on its back. And I kind of want to make a model where it's doing, like, that football player squat mm-hmm. while it's, like, having the mortar fire. Right. Because what's better than a Plasma Gun, a bigger Plasma Gun that shoots a little bit further? And because it's Plasma, it's blue, right? Yeah. Presumably. Blue 42, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I made a sports joke. Uh, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> you get one a year from me. <laughs> but, funny enough, so with the Legio Cybernetica, a bunch of the different Hive Worlds were making them. Yeah. Some of the hide- Hive Worlds were like, fuck, we don't have the shit to make Plasma Mortars, because throughout the Adeptus Mechanicus, it's it's a lot of the Hive Worlds are like, haha, I can make this. You can't. You're, we're more nerdy than you, and they're like, "Fuck, we need out nerd them." So when they couldn't get the parts for the plasma mortar, they uh, decided to put a, a Solix pl- pattern heavy las cannon on one, which is kind of about the length of that uh, that night lance. Nice, yeah, it's it's big, so it goes on the shoulder as well. And it's just like this massive fuck huge cannon on the right shoulder. If you hadn't literally just explained why they had it, I would have made the joke, are they compensating for something? But they obviously they, they are. They were. They the were lack compens- of plasma weaponry. Exactly. There's no joke there. So they, they threw one of those on Penis! <laughs> Funny enough, um so I went on a slight side note, I went to a convention. I don't this want weekend. this to be related. <laughs> I I whenever I go to a convention, I always turn on my local Wi-Fi which is Yelp. Yelled... You are playing with so much fire. I turn on my local Wi-Fi on my phone for the tethering because I have a 10-gigabyte free hotspot every month. Ah. And I uh, always change the name to yell Penis" for password. <laughs> so as I'm going through, like, occasionally throughout the day, I'll just hear, Penis! Hmm. Yell the password back. That was a lot tamer than I was expecting that yep. to go. All right. Back to Legion Cybernetica. <laughs> uh, So... We're not going down that particular rabbit hole. Oh. And, and that pattern, because, you know, you know the LAS, the big heavy Laz cannon isn't quite enough to compensate for the plasma mortar. So what did they give it? They gave it a Graviton Ram, which is more or less a big box on its hand that it just punches things with. And it's like if a grav weapon were a pair of brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. And since it lies, its LAS is presumably red, yes? I'm uh, sure I'll see your blue 42
0: and raise you a red 47
1: <laughs> Two, you get two from me this year that's okay. it <laughs> and and this model is actually bigger than even you know the plasma mortar one because yeah. it had to have an even larger power plant I'm shuddering at the assembly of this model just thinking about it and it's forge world so
0: resin yeah that lance that um uh, last cannon thing that ain't coming intact it,
1: it's gonna droop it's gonna and it that's if it's showing up in one piece it's not the only thing that droops with age. <sighs> Moving right along. <laughs> so, the nice thing about the Thanter class too, is they're also pretty useful as a distraction carnifix. You don't say. Oh because, my god,
0: it's huge. Kill it till it's dead.
1: But because they're so big on the battlefield, they are designed to withstand a fuck ton of damage. Not only because it has a nuclear reactor in it, but, you know... It's uh it's kind of important to have the big thing shoot them more than once. Right. Yeah. Which means you need to be survivable enough to shoot more than once. And within the Legio Cybernetica lore too, they have a big thing about keeping their robots alive and not damaged whatsoever. Interesting. Anytime the robots are damaged, they kill them. Hm. Cuz if they're damaged, they have a possibility to go corrupted, malfunction. So it's like you know, if, if one gets shot and its legs are blown off, we're just killing it because it's not worth repairing. Man, horses have a better survivability than that. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, at least try to fix Seabiscuit's leg. As an army overall, too, the Legio Cybernetica is really neat because yeah. not only are you controlling your army, but they have some special rules depending on what robots you're playing. Because so We're getting into the tabletop here. this Yeah. One Because the AI themselves have their own rules. You know, if a a model's within 12 inches, it has to fire at it. The AI is screaming at it that... Kill it, kill it's dead. Yeah, exactly. So there's a bunch of rules for each of them, um, which are kind of neat. Funny enough, uh, with some of the robots, their AI is good at some things, but not others. For example, I know the Conqueror-class robots have an issue with... Stopping before they run off, this, uh, like a, a large edge of like a cliff. When they get momentum going, it's a little hard to bring it to a yeah, full stop. Which, they don't really stop on a dime. Which is part of the reason they also put the tech priests with them because they have to change the code. Be like, okay, shut down all this. I don't know what this code section does, but this is the code section that allows it to kill, but also tells it to run off a cliff <laughs> because they're lemmings. Right.
0: And shield bearers. There, in a nutshell, is why I do not run. It's I don't stop. I, I do not stop on a dime.
1: Momentum's a thing.
0: It is. Yeah. And also, I'm lazy. Yeah. It's mostly that. It's not the momentum thing. I'm just lazy. Running's a lot of work.
1: Anyway, for some people. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do, do you have anything you want to add? Um. With the adeptus mechanicus. A lot of the issue is there's so fucking much because there are so many factions. Full disclosure, that's why I assigned this to you as
0: your little trial run, because I know there's a lot. And pulling the curtain back a little bit more, this is actually the request we got, like, about a year and a half ago from the... Very different and longtime listener, Rich, who was like... When we started taking requests, I was like, hey, man, do you have any any suggestions or ideas for any of our topics? He's like, I'd love to hear a lower console on the Adeptus Mechanicus. It's like... Okay. And I would start to read into him. just like, this is so much. There is. And I'm not good at learning that much information. But I know you are. I was like,
1: let's see how good. And apparently it varies. Yeah. And, I mean, the problem with me learning an army is I want to buy it now. Mm-hmm. 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 My, my Apocalypse army just got larger. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so is that about all we got on this, Mechanicus? None. There's. Oh, Fuck.
0: Currently. Currently, Jacob. There, I have a lot more. I could keep going. Oh, uh, We're right about time. Oh, okay. God. Um, that means there'll be a part two eventually. Yeah. Eventually. I think we should cover STCs really quick. We should explain what those are going back to the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. If you want to be like, okay, so what the fuck were they talking about for the first 20 minutes? STCs. Standard Template Constructs. Or Standard Template Construct Machines. STC Machines. They would basically... You know how nice 3D printing is? It can just print off the same thing over and over and over, no problem. That's when an STC is
1: e- escalated to uh, war machine size. It's the 3D model, that, factory size. Yeah, it's the 3D model you use to print. Mm-hmm. Like, or make, a, you know, an object or a piece of equipment or a material or, you know. It's the. It's how
0: Games Workshop justifies having so many different patterns of Lehman Rust that all use the same kit.
1: Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's more or less like a blueprint, yeah. And it may tweaked and modified here and there, but it still used. before the, same the Dark core. Age of technology, when humanity was expanding, they needed a way to communicate and send different designs, so they made these STCs, which, once the Dark Age of technology came, a lot of them got lost or buried or, you know, just kind of disappeared, right. Yeah. So, I mean, an STC could be anything from, you know, how to build a reactor engine on an Emperor-class battleship. To a straight, full-on battle tank. Or, or here's the, here's a better-working electric toothbrush. Or, you know, here's a, here's how you make a cassette tape.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, there's kind of no limit as to what an STC c- can comprise of or what it's core function because there were at one point a shitload of them they were everywhere go go on blender's website and look at all those 3d models and uh you'll you'll kind of see the range of what an stc could be yeah it anything literally anything that's why they're so fucking hard to find because they don't admec doesn't know what the fuck to look for and then once once they go through them you know once they go through and find them on a planet they could have wasted you know all this all these men all these materials all these resources all this time Defined how an electric toothbrush is made. Or cool. Another kind of Roomba. We've got one. It's got guns.
0: (laughs) This one one drives over cables, gets wet and falls over and starts beeping.
1: Before I die, I'm going to make an STC of a Roomba with a knife. Just in hopes that sometime in the 41st millennium, there's a fabricator general that is like, this thing is marvelous. I must have 10,000 of them. Uh, yeah, that's the only way to take out Tyranids. No biomass, and you get a bunch of Roombas with knives. <laughs> I can just imagine yeah, all these gene stealers like walking down a hallway, and then like Roombas running into them <laughs> with knives, beeping as menacingly as they possibly can. <sighs>
0: and the best part is, no mess afterwards. Nope, Roombas clean that shit up as they go. <laughs> you need to get the mopping ones though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why that's, that's the second wave. You send the knife Roombas in to do the dirty 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 work, and then you send the mop Roombas in with also knives, just in case. (laughs) Because sometimes there might be survivors. Mm -hmm. You send in the mop Roombas in the second way with knives because it's humane. You put them out of their misery, and
1: then you clean them up. And the vacuum ones you can use up to clean up all the nuclear dust on uh, Armageddon. I don't think that's how it works, Jacob. Could be. I, I don't think it is. On a tangent, okay, so talking about nuclear dust and Roombas... Um, there was a scientist a while back. remember five minutes ago when I said we were at time. <laughs> there, there was a scientist a while back who, when, you know, they have to transport these uranium rods for testing, he figured a way to put a Geiger counter on a Roomba so it would look around the room for, like, any radioactive material <laughs> because they were having issues with, like, you know, radioactive particles. Uh-huh. So this Roomba would go around with a Geiger counter, and uh-huh. it would beep when it would, like, and find one and stay around it. That's so dumb. I love it. It's efficient, though. Listen, isn't. I'm not saying it's not. It's dumb. Of, and I did quantify with it dumb, and I love it. Instead of taking an MIT graduate intern, you know, who's sitting there for eight hours looking for the entire room for, Slowly like... Slowly developing cancer. Yeah. You get a room to do it. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully the machine spirit doesn't get corrupted.
0: Yeah, here's hoping. Oh, no, it's going to beep at me menacingly and wake me up in the middle of the night. And also, it's irradiated. I guess that's kind of the main threat there is is the surmediated Roomba. (laughs) (laughs) Radiation, Uh, not good. No, no No, one isn't. Not good. Who would have thought? But you know what was good, Jacob? This podcast. Good job, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) Alrighty, that'll do it for another episode of Lore Council. And if you've got suggestions for future episodes or for either Lore Council General nerd
1: sense or loose Sprues, head on over to our Facebook page Shieldwall Productions on facebook.com or or hit us up on Twitter at the official SWP. Feel free to send us in suggestions, ways to kill my guardsmen, or if you just want to shoot the shit in chat, you can send me a DM or private message me.
0: Or if you want to specifically request what next bit of Age of Sigmar lore you want me to tell Nathan to tell you about because he's a good storyteller with Age of Sigmar and he's the one who has the book. Yeah. <laughs> he has the actual information. I'll just be tagging along.
1: You mean one... I'll be doing
0: what I did this podcast and making jokes along the way. Yeah. I cannot promise
1: there will be... You mean not the be- 40k wiki is in a book?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The emperor Texas speech isn't cash. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, you. Anyway, wherever you're listening to us, too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocketcast, TuneIn,
1: wherever. Don't
0: forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already. And until next time, dear listeners, praise the omniscient. Praise the omniscient.